Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everybody? Matt Gajewski here, back again with the Odd Chopper channel. Today, we're talking some college basketball ahead of Wednesday, February the 28th. Before we get started, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you know when this and all other content goes live. We are also brought to you by BetMGM. They have a limited time offer for those of you in legal states, with the exception of New York, Nevada, and Puerto Rico. What you'll do is click the link in the video description below, make your first deposit of at least $5, turn that $5 around, make a wager on any game, team, total, whatever you want to make a wager on you're automatically going to get 150 form of bonus bets, whether that wins or loses. That's $150 you did not have in your account. You can use that coming up on some college basketball, some NBA, NHL, whatever you want. We have conference tournaments, March Madness on the horizon. So this will be very useful for those of you that wanting to take some extra stands, add a little bit to your bankroll. You must be 21 or older to play in most areas. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, looking back to yesterday, successful day overall, and we were on some pretty solid spots. We had the Florida State game. That ended up being pretty solid. Some spots, the narrative bros were in shambles. Kentucky, they get it done against Mississippi State. Never really understood the line movement in that contest. We also had a couple misses. Wisconsin, I can't believe I actually came on this very program and talked about the Wisconsin Badgers in a favorable way. So they they burned me yet again. Some other spots, we were on George Mason. Unfortunately, their third leading scorer was a late scratch. It's college basketball. Sometimes you're just going to run into that. It'll work in your favor as many times as it works, to, works against you. Yesterday, it ended up working against us. Nevada was a nice one. Another one that had the narrative bros in shambles, but... For all the wins against the narrative bros, I also added Wake Forest late. We didn't talk about that in the video, but they got one back on me. Wake Forest, man, what a horrendous showing against Notre Dame. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament now, but not only did they not cover, they lost outright to Notre Dame, who a team themselves that is in complete shambles. So we'll turn around a positive day, spin this forward to today's slate of games. I think personally... I'm more excited for today's action. We have some really high-end matchups. A couple in the SEC, a couple in the Big East. We'll kick things off with one of those matchups. It is Auburn taking on Tennessee. This one is going to be extremely exciting. Maybe the top two teams in this conference. I think Tennessee is overall the best team here, but Auburn certainly looking to get back on the right track after they've been a little up and down. We've seen them slaughter some teams and then get crushed themselves. I'm more interested in the total compared to a spread. The total sits at 152 currently. You can also look to a spread here. It's ebbed and flowed a little bit, but Tennessee around a six-point favorite against Auburn. I think this is still something that we should just be isolating the total. Right away in this game, 
I think you don't really run into that many pacing problems, but I am worried about both of these teams against the opposing defense, if that makes sense. We have two elite teams on the defensive end, and I think Auburn is going to get back Jalen Williams for this game. I'm not 100% sure he did travel, but we'll have to wait and see on his status. Obviously, that could change a lot for these two teams. But just when you dive into the metrics, you've got two top six teams on the defensive end, and there hasn't really been any hiccups in recent play for these teams. It's been solid across the board. And these are two teams which historically have played solid defense. So you're not really worried about any blips on the radar, things like that. They also match up well when you look at the opposing strength of these two teams. The best player for Auburn's, Janai Broom, he plays in the inside. Tennessee's number two in interior defense. On the other side, you have excellent guard play for Tennessee with Connect and Ziegler. You have Auburn 12th in three-point defense and perimeter defense. Two awesome metrics there. Both teams elite in rebounding, very good on the offensive glass for both teams. Auburn gets in a little more foul issues than Tennessee, but they're also deeper. They run one of the gnarliest rotations in college basketball, almost historically at this point. Neither team turns the ball over. Both of them are pretty good at generating turnovers. As far as pacing goes, we do have a fairly up-tempo game. Both teams have slowed slightly since conference play has started. And that's occurred more on the Auburn side. They've gone from 69th and they're down at 132. Tennessee, for the most part, has remained consistent right around that 70 mark all season long. So looking at the model, I made this at 149, giving it some pretty decent value towards the under. Cross-references with like Ken Palm, stuff like that, also had this towards the under. The last thing I'll say is I'm still questioning some of the shooting for these two teams. When you just look individually at the players, Auburn especially, and a team that plays through the interior, I don't really buy their shooting if Tennessee is going to pack the paint, force you to shoot over the top with some of these guards. That's where I think think things can get a little bit iffy for this Auburn team, especially with Jalen Williams potentially outer limited. They have two three-point shooters over 40%. One's Jalen Williams. The other one is Chad Baker, Mazzara. Mazzara has been awesome. But Jalen Williams at 41%, if they lose him, that's a huge blow to the shooting for Auburn. And then on Tennessee, Connect is an awesome shooter. He's at 40% almost on the dot. But Ziegler's at 35. Then you go down to like Josiah Jordan-James at 33. It gets a little iffy after that. Viscovi's only at 36 this year. So you do have some effective field goal concerns for these teams. I think more so on the Auburn side. But Tennessee a little bit as well. And then facing these two elite defenses, I think we can look firmly towards an under in this spot. Second game we'll talk about is a big one in the Big East, Marquette and Providence. We have Marquette playing at home. We saw Providence absolutely roll Marquette in the first matchup. The composition of these teams was a little different at the time. Providence had Bryce Hopkins at that point. This was an early game. He's not there anymore, obviously. And Marquette's played awesome. This was kind of in the stretch of time where Marquette was around 200th in three-point percentage. They've climbed back closer to the top 100, which is what we expected coming into the year after they were a top 100 three-point shooting team last year. Same personnel, only guy they lost was Olivier Maxens Prosper. So I'm looking at an under here as far as spread and total goes. Marquette is a 10.5-point favorite. If he forced me to bet that, it would probably be on the Providence side, to be honest with you. But I have enough concerns with Providence where I'd rather just look at a total. Pacing-wise, it's going to be pretty fast. Providence 142, Marquette is 64th. Not much has changed in tempo for these two teams. Providence has sped up a little bit. Marquette has remained consistent. 
but I am worried about the scoring of Providence. And that's where I kind of want to loop in the Bryce Hopkins discussion. This team does not have a great effective field goal percentage in the last six weeks. They're 95th there. And on the season, they're one Oh first. So they do lack some shot making ability. They are stronger inside. A lot of that just coming through Josh Oduro. Marquette has been pretty decent defending the interior with Oso. And I think there's some other concerns with this team as well. Providence, that is. Three-point shooting, almost non-existent for this team. They do shoot a lot of them, but 226 in three-point percentage. They turn the ball over a ton. 208th in turnovers committed. We know what Marquette does. They play this pressure defense. They'll press you a lot. They are 11th in turnovers created. So that is a big problem for Providence in this game. Not to mention, they just don't have a deep rotation anymore. You rely basically on two players. It's Oduro and Devin Carter. They have got decent minutes from players like Floyd and Ticket Gaines. But this roster is just not deep, whereas Marquette has trended the other direction. And they are a team that's gotten healthier. And that's shown up on the defensive end, getting players back. Stevie Mitchell missed some time. You, of course, had Chase Ross out for a period of time. And even Cam Jones missed a couple games near the midpoint of the season. So all healthy, which helps this defense, which ranks 14th overall. and defends a lot of the areas of the floor where Providence has been successful getting to the rim and such so far this season. And then as far as Marquette goes, you do have to contend with Providence's defense, which is awesome. They're 14th on the interior, 99th from three. They don't generate as many turnovers as Marquette themselves. And Marquette doesn't, they don't turn the ball over, commit them, at least on the offensive end. But with pacing coming in just a little bit above average, and then both teams really strong on defense and Marquette forcing so many turnovers, this is another one that plays towards the under, in my opinion. Our third game, we're going to head to the SEC. South Carolina takes on Texas A&M. This reminds me of the Kentucky game from yesterday. The spread is moving in Texas A&M's direction, I think, too far. South Carolina has been on a little bit of a skid. They've definitely, <laughs> they had the, the crazy game against Auburn where they got absolutely wrecked, 101 to 61. They followed that up with a loss to LSU. It was a one-point loss, and it was at home, which was tough. But they bounced back in their last game on Saturday against Old Miss, 72-59. They hit the road here, which they played decently on the road this year. In their last five road games, they lost to Alabama. They got blown out there. But then they beat Arkansas, is what it is. That's not a very good team. But then they beat Georgia and Tennessee on the road before dropping their last road game to Auburn and then getting one against Ole Miss over the weekend. So this is a team that's been pretty good on the road. They'll head to A&M here. And there's just so many stylistic advantages pointing to South Carolina here where I'm just going to grab the points at five and a half. And honestly, I'm okay with numbers that are even a little bit worse than this. Right away, shooting stands out as a major edge South Carolina's direction. This team is 150th in effective field goal. Texas A&M is 352. This team really struggles to score. And it hasn't gotten better in recent play. Texas A&M is 354 in effective field goal over the last six weeks. South Carolina is 154th. Both these teams play extremely slow, so the value of the point is important here, which is why I think the 5.5 is a good number to grab. And the only real injuries are Miles Stute for South Carolina. He does shoot the ball well, 39%, but he's not the only scorer this team has. South Carolina has actually gotten really good minutes from players we weren't necess necessarily expecting to contribute. Talon Cooper's at 45% from three. Michi is a reasonable percentage. 
And BJ Mack has given them solid minutes on the interior, in addition to the six, seven freshman Colin Murray Bowles. And that'll be important against Texas AM. They aren't the tallest team, 235th. They can struggle on the inside, 93rd at defending that area of the court. But they're also 201 in three-point defense. There are weaknesses for this team. As far as everything else in this game goes, you have two teams that are really aggressive on the offensive glass. Texas A&M is number one in the country in offensive rebounding. South Carolina takes care of the ball on the defensive end rebounding-wise. So I don't see that being a major mismatch. They're definitely going to get theirs. But like when we talk about Houston and some of these other teams that live on the offensive glass, you're almost predicated on missing shots to get there. So, I mean, it's a double-edged sword. Do you want a team that misses a lot of shots and has to get second-chance opportunities, or would you rather just have a team that makes your shots to begin with? I tend to side with the latter, but it's at least worth noting in this matchup. But end of the day, a lot of points in this contest. We'll back South Carolina with the 5.5 on the road in this spot. Next up, we have an AAC showdown. North Texas takes on Tulane. Big news here is injuries. You have a North Texas team that's fully healthy. I still think shopping this line is important. You can find one and a half. So I would much rather have that than twos. This just speaks to Odd Shopper, name of this channel. Check out the site. The link is below. What it'll do is allow you to sort by your state, by any individual books you use, highly customizable, and it gives you the best line, which makes a big difference in your bottom line at the end of the day. There's also packages that involve all our tools. We take a market-based approach to find plus EV betting spots across sports, not just college basketball. There's NBA, NHL, player props, whatever it is you like to attack. And now everything's included in one package, which includes our Discord. We use these tools and we put them in there and you get the extra analysis to bet. It's $14.95 for, your, for a week, $49.95 for a month. No long-term commitments. Helps me a ton and I think will help you as well. So check it out. Link is below. As far as this matchup goes, it's one of the first times we've seen North Texas fully healthy this year. The last time we, we did see some injury re-aggravation, but here's who's back. Ruben Jones, CJ Nolan, John Bugs, and Rondell Walker are all going to be active for this game. These players have barely played together at all this season. And it's crazy the efficiency metrics are actually pretty close for these teams, even with the injuries North Texas has sustained. They're 133rd on offense. Tulane is 103. We know Tulane can score. But on defense, North Texas has been 25th in defensive efficiency through the injuries and Tulane hemorrhages production on the other end. As far as individual matchups go, Tulane plays a small lineup. That should be an advantage for North Texas. Rebounding, it's 121 to 344. Tulane just doesn't rebound offense or defense. And then they're 304th in effective height. As far as some of the shooting stuff goes, Tulane does have an advantage here. But again, I think it's actually closer than the numbers indicate because of these injuries North Texas has been dealing with all season long. And when you look at the individual players, we're talking about key contributors like Bugs, Nolan. These are huge players for this team, Ruben Jones. And a lot of them are some of the better shooters. Ruben Jones is at 35% from three. Bugs is at 44%. So getting him back is huge in the spot against a team that doesn't defend whatsoever. So we will stick with North Texas. Two more games we'll get to. This one is fun and really greasy, so we'll get to the greasy portion. Bucknell takes on Loyola, Maryland, and this is another injury spot. So just starting right away, Bucknell, I think, is the value minus one. Loyola, Maryland did not play with Deion Perry in their last game. He's their leading scorer. They also didn't have D'Angelo Steins. He's their second leading scorer. 
Don't expect the best injury information from Loyola Maryland, but not having your top two scorers in the most recent game doesn't exactly bode well here. And then as you can see on the screen, efficiency already favors Bucknell. Neither of these teams are good, but like 295 in offense for Bucknell, 335 for Loyola Maryland. Defense 245, 246 for Bucknell, 315 for Loyola Maryland. Rebounding does favor Maryland in this spot, but effective heights almost identical, 62 to 60. You do have basically a wash in terms of height, which makes me think this rebounding stuff isn't too pronounced, especially when you dive in and see Bucknell is 296 in offensive rebounding. It's more stylistic, so they just prefer not to attack the offensive glass compared to some teams like AM. And then on the other side, Maryland definitely attacks the offensive glass a little bit more. But effective field goals, 189 to 280. You have a better shooting team in Bucknell, the healthier team in Bucknell. This one is a bit of a surprise to me coming in at minus one. Last one we'll get to, Louisiana Tech takes on Western Kentucky. This is another injury situation. Louisiana Tech has been very banged up lately, and they just got back their best player, Daniel Bacho. He's the best player in this conference, the Texas Tech transfer. They've had a lot of injuries all year. Sean Newman Jr., Devin Ree, Talik Chavez. These players have all missed games for Louisiana Tech, and they're all fully healthy now. Western Kentucky is kind of the opposite. They've been fully healthy most of the year outside of Christian Lander. And at full strength, these efficiency metrics are pretty wide. Louisiana Tech has a vast gap on defense, 39th to 108. They're also better on offense, 126 to 197 for Western Kentucky. They're the taller team, 117 to 194. They're better at rebounding, 24 to 82. They have a lot of the edges in turnover margin. Fouls generated, they generate a ton of fouls. They're 20th, and Western Kentucky's 183 in fouls committed. This team is also the Louisiana Tech that is number one at defending the interior. That's the number one place Western Kentucky scores. They don't shoot threes well. They don't shoot any threes. They're 322nd in three-point rate. That's adjusted for tempo. So you have a team in Louisiana Tech that also defends the area of the floor Western Kentucky tries to play. This is a matchup nightmare for Western Kentucky. They are playing at home, which is their lone advantage in this game. But there's a lot of data pointing towards the Louisiana Tech side, even without considering the injuries. But that'll do it for us today. Let me know in the comments what you think. It helps a ton if you do that. And if you have any questions, reach out to me on Twitter, at Matt underscore Gajeski. Happy to help. Until next time, good luck, everyone. We will see you again tomorrow.